1: This is episode 73 of the Break 80 podcast. Much like Tiger Woods, we are back from a short hiatus. Stoud's here, excited to talk some golf with my co-host. Yes, that's correct, co-host. Tim is MIA again. Um, but Mike is here to join me to talk all things golf. Mike, how are you doing this evening?
0: Good. I bet you if Tim would have... Uh, he birdied three of the first four yesterday in our little match at Preswick. I bet you if he would have finished off with a win he would have showed up here today, but he hasn't shown his face since he proclaimed himself to be the best golfer on the pod. And since he proclaimed that he's yet to win a match.
1: Yeah. You know, we talk about reliability, you know, reliability, (laughs) good employer, you know, good foursome mate, knowing that's going to show up for your tee time. Now he's not only missed a tee time with me, didn't call, didn't say why he's not going to be there. He's missed a pod. So I don't know if that's two strikes or what that is, but I don't know where he's guy in the bullpen waiting to come on the break eighty podcast to talk some golf. Yep. yep. Bring in the righty. So well, this is actually the an episode for the listeners. We we reached out to the to the listeners. They sent some topics to discuss, uh, and we're just gonna throw them out there and see where it takes us. Uh pot of the people, and it's fall. So there's not, you know, much you know, important golf to discuss, I think. We'll just let uh, them kind of set up the topics for us, and we'll just go from there. So we're going to start with Mitch as he asked a two-part question. Um, not related, but the first one actually has to do with Tiger. He wanted to know what we thought of the viral swing that uh, happened this past week with Tiger at his own par three course at Pebble Beach. Mike, did you see it? I did see it. I believe he was a part of two
0: hole-in-ones. Did you see that? The kid made the hole-in-one. Yeah. The adults made. Then the adults made a hole-in-one?
1: One guy did it? The tiger watching, kind of both of them. I mean, talk about epic one-on-one. So yes, um, I don't know if you saw the swing. So the one that was going viral was him, you know, hitting off a mat. Um, you know, first of all, that's on the outfit, backwards hat. It was a hoodie. What was this hoodie again? It was the it was the cod hoodie, Call of Duty hoodie. A Call of Duty hoodie. Yes. Like gym shorts. I mean, he looked like he was like sixty-five years old in the picture. He looks super old. Yeah, he is aging. He is aging. Um, and his swing is aging. I, I have to say that I could just tell the lower half did not seem to be too much part of his golf swing. It was, you know, it was still like a good golf swing for if we didn't think it was Tiger, you'd be like, oh, it's a pretty good golf swing. But knowing it's Tiger, it's just it's missing a few things from what I what I could tell.
0: Yeah, you know, it's hard to say. He's only hitting a wedge. So he's not like ramping it up full swing. Uh, you know, I'm sure he's going to try to play. Um, it, I would assume he's going to try to play at some point in time. Although I could, I could see him going full fledged into Charlie and just and just coaching Charlie up too. I don't know, but here's an interesting nugget for this one: um, the Hero World Challenge is coming up, and the field has been announced. And there's you know it's a bunch of good players. You got Scotty, Victor, Morikawa, Cantley, Finau, Xander, Homa, um, Zalatoris is on there. Supposedly. Ooh. Yep. Wyndham's gonna play. JT Speth, Cameron Young. And there's one spot that just says TBA. <laughs> Tournament <laughs> exemption to be announced. So they got one opening. This is Tigers, you know, like thing of the hero challenge. Does he come back and play in his own event?
1: When is the date on that again?
0: Um, I'm not sure. I should look this up.
1: Look that up because I'm going to assume that Tiger is going to play in the PNC Championship again. Yeah, he can cart that, I think, right, Which, with his kid. Yep, yeah, December 14th to 17th. Tiger will play in that is my prediction. I don't think he – I think that's kind of his new major. He wants to play in that with Charlie. It's a good time for him. It's not the cutthroat kind of golf that – you know, playing on tour is and he gets to do it with the sun. So that's that's one thing I think he'll play for. What uh when is the
0: hero? The hero is November thirtieth through December third. So he's still got he still got time to get tuned up. Mm
1: man, I don't know. I think he, he didn't he skipped that last year, didn't he? Yeah, he might have. I think he skipped that last year. So we'll see. You know, it's Tiger. I we always say this. I mean I think any time you get to see him play golf is a bonus at this point. Um, you know, even if he's playing in the PNC or even playing the Hero, whatever it might be. Any time you get to see Tiger tee it up in a competitive manner, it's must-watch TV, and appreciate. It's kind of like, it's kind of like golf season right now, right? It's like any time you get to play, you just try to soak it in because you just don't know when your last swing will be your last swing, and that's like watching Tiger. So yeah, um, yeah. I don't know why. I don't know what to think of Tiger. I can't I
0: can't quite put a finger on if he's going to try to I like I just can't see him if he's even functional to not play the Augusta. going you know he's going to try. Um, such a tough walk for him. I would love to see uh and people might disagree here him play like just look at a, look at some of the courses on tour that he could play. Like I think at this point he can still you know rip it pretty good, but that, I gotta think that puts a lot of stress on his body. Get into like um the uh what's the what the travelers in Hartford where the course is not that long where he could hit irons, you know, and kind of get plot around the Genesis, his own tournament where he can kind of plot around you know it's ball striking course, and like just try to find courses that'll fit uh the way he can play now. But he's too proud, I think, to play. You know, he's so used to playing in only the big events that I don't know if he'll play in some of those. But uh, you're right. Anytime you get to see him play, he moves the needle. People are going to watch, even if he can't, you know. They're going to watch for the greatness, or they're going to watch for the train wreck, you know, where, he, where he's breaking down and he can't do it. That's just human nature.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I just don't see him playing in any tournament just to play. So it's, it's going to be, if he's going to play, it's going to be like, three times a year, you know, whatever, four times yeah. a year, three times a year. Yeah, I don't, don't know. And just the that he cares about, unfortunately. And he's mentioned that. Like, that's something he's physically said in an interview. You know, he's not going to play ever a full schedule again. I would like to be interested. I was really surprised when he came back last time how far he could move it. Like, there was times with him out driving JT. You know, he can move it better than you thought with it, this new kind of swing he had. Complete upper body swing. Exactly, like, complete upper body, and he still so, was able to use it that good. But I just, I don't know. Like, I'm I think, think consciously yeah. optimistic.
0: I think that swing that he's kind of got now that he probably has to use, where he doesn't use the ground much because he can't, how can his back hold up? Because like, you know how Tiger is. If he's going to play, let's say, let's say he's going to somehow be able to play in Augusta. You know he's going to grind his ass off getting ready. So I, I can't imagine his back can hold up forever doing that. I don't know.
1: No. All right. Part two. Um, and this is again, not related, but what are your, some of your favorite late season courses to play?
0: Like around here, Minnesota? I would,
1: I would assume. Yeah. Somewhere around here. I think
0: anywhere without trees. Cause
1: which we had the leaf, sense, which makes sense. We had the
0: leaf blower out on Sunday at Preston. How was Monty? <laughs> is Monty full of leaves everywhere.
1: You know, if you were not, If you were somewhat close to the fairway, they had like, they had like, you could say mulched away. You could tell that it was cleared off. But if you were in the woods, woods sucked. Yeah. Um, Stone Ridge,
0: for sure. You know, no trees, fast greens, um, Link style. I think, I mean, I would say fall colors, but most of those are gone probably in the northern courses. You could still go south. I bet you the jewel looks good right now. You know, with fall colors and everything. Yeah, but
1: it's a great place. Um, obviously it's private, but I had a really good time playing uh Northland last year in the fall.
0: Yes, Northland was great. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, the private ones are always good. I'm just thinking public. Um yeah, I always like to air towards not super tree line just for the leaf factor. You know, and if you do, you got, if you go somewhere with a lot of trees, you got to bring the leaf blower. Like we had the leaf, Tim and I had the leaf blower on yesterday. You just bring it with you and you blow <laughs> the leaves around you find your golf ball. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Troy burn's pretty good like, for that. I think Troy burn would be a good fall course where you don't have a ton of trees or some. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think that's it. I think you, you got two types of golfers. You're looking for, you're looking for like beautiful, you know, tree colors or you're just trying to find somewhere without a lot of leaves because the leaves become a real problem. Uh, this time of year. But that's what I would go. Stone Ridge or troyburn And I'm
1: mean, again I'm on the mentality too. Like I, I I've always like you know, like territories is always like that in the fall, but I, I'm i kind of on the air of I, I really it does suck looking for golf balls with leads, but I just I just I feel like in the fall I just have so much more appreciation. I just soak it all up more. I love I love just being outside, getting fresh air. I actually really uh, like walking in the fall. Like a lot uh, in the fall yesterday
0: was 57 degrees a little breezy yesterday still a little cool. pants and a hoodie uh way better than 90 in the summer and hot it was so much more comfortable so the I'm yeah the fall fancy. is great uh okay. we're trying to get other ones another you know dakota ridge would be good this time because it's you know it's wide open uh if you're up towards like graystone is a good value up towards Sock center you know i think to me that's the you're going to you're going to have a good time regardless but anywhere where there's not leaves you're going you're not going to have to search for balls forever cuz it does get frustr frustrating very quickly to like you know you hit it here somewhere and it's just under leaves everywhere.
1: Yeah, and you have to the every- implement, implement the leaf rule at some point depending on what the course looks like. I mean, you can't be looking for it forever and you just at some point drop it. No free you know free drop somewhere in the in the woods woods so all right. Well, Merrill asks, and we have touched on this before, but I thought I thought you had some good points on this. He was asking thoughts on moving the high school golf season to the fall.
0: Mm. Um. This is a contentious thing for the us high school golf coaches. Uh, I I do think, um, it would be better for the players, hundred percent. You could show up day one, have practice for a week, whatever, get organized and have meets because the guys should be ready to go or gals. Um, and the golf courses are better. They're in better shape. Um, you'd have to have your state tournament right about now sometime. You wouldn't want to risk going too much later with that. Um, that Those are the pros that I've heard. and talked. I've actually talked to a lot of coaches about this. So this has been a um, I coach in the, in 3A, the big schools, and this has been a real talker amongst big school, you know, metro coaches that most of them wanted in the fall. Uh, the problem becomes uh, a course availability. In April and May, when it's wet and gross and, and you know, we'll go out there and play a meet in 34 degrees when it's s- snowing and sleeting and shitty out and we have no problem getting courses in the spring and, you know, in the fall, you're going to run into a real issue, getting on a golf course. Um, That's one issue. I think probably, I don't know. Do you you have a lot of football players in your squad in spring? A
1: couple. Um, The other thing I was thinking too, is you have less daylight.
0: Correct. Yeah.
1: So I, I don't know. Like I know, I do think there's still courses that have availability, but it depends on the course. I mean, Mm-hmm. I do think there's a lot of golfers that have put the clubs away. You know, once fall, once football season starts, people are staying in. They're doing yard work. They're, you know, kind of getting ready, things ready for winter. They're not thinking golf much anymore, especially with again the, the less daylight. You got frost delays. You got all these other things that are going on. But um, yeah, I I don't know, man. I I would I would lose definitely some players of football. You know, unfortunately. Yeah, I-
0: smaller schools, football becomes an issue. Uh, You know, I don't have anybody on my team, I don't think, really, that's, you know, playing football. Um, The
1: big schools specialize more, correct? I mean, you're playing, you're not playing sports anymore, really, are you? Huh? Very rare do kids play three sports anymore? Yeah, not many. It's kind of crazy, which
0: I think we go on, we we could talk about this for days, but I have watched, uh, I think we've really lost, this is not to get too far off topic, lost a lot of athleticism because of that, like I'll go down to the gym once in a while. Like I, like I subbed and FIED a couple days just helping out teach I was gone. And I was looking at kids that are pretty good at the sport they play, like watching them, like a kid that's a good basketball player, watching them try to like throw and catch a football in the gym. It's like, have you ever done this before? It, it's, it's like, what the hell is going on? You know, back in the day, you had kids who could do a, kind of everything decently. We've lost a lot of that for whatever reason. I think it's a lot of it's a specialization.
1: Injuries like if you do, if you do, you know, you're doing three different sports, you're doing most likely three different movements, and your body's getting kind of used to these different things. And so, when you're doing some crazy thing that you know comes up in the sport that you're in, that your body gets in kind of a weird position, it doesn't probably hold up very well. I'm always so, so I'm, you know, my daughter's in a, a big school too. And I'm kind of under the thing where it's like I would like her to play three sports. I think one sport, though, needs to be that's not stressful in terms of needing time to um, put into it outside of just, like, on her own. Like, like golf would be a great third sport, right? Yeah. Doesn't well, necessarily that's... need to be D1 at it. Um, can just play with me a little bit here and there. There's not uh gonna Go train or – you know, get hours in the gym and lift weights. It's more just of going out and playing a little bit here and there and keeping sharp. There's um, so much so track pressure. would be that too.
0: Track, yeah, track. You know, a lot of football players will play track in the spring just to get speed and kind of strength. But like, um, there's so much pressure to just play that one sport now. It's just it's ridiculous. Like I think, like a, a sport to me, like volleyball, for instance. If you have a girl who you know, can jump and somewhat tall Real Let's say she's a star basketball player. I would never pressure her ever. I would just say show up to practice the first day. Cause you can block and you can spike and we'll figure it out. Like, just get out here. Like, you know, but anyway, back to golf, I think like, listen to like the Brainerd coaches, you know, from like Brainerd and some of those, you know, the Alexandrias and kind of up in that area, like Brainerd, especially talking to them. They have a real issue. They would have a real issue in the fall, you know, August, September, getting on those golf courses, um, you know, because they're so full with resort people. Because like the Brainerd area courses, they'll give in the spring. There's meets up there on almost every course, like because there's there's nobody staying at the resorts yet, so they're like, we don't care, just come out here, you know, whatever. So that's the big one. I think we have uh, you have availability, and then the other one is the state high school league loves that the june state tournament is warm and nice wet you know they don't want like they don't want they'll say they'll argue that well you know if we have the state tournament around middle of october it could be snowing or whatever and cold well more often than not it's like 50 degrees and decent you know um so i don't you know to me the the one big thing to me is i am not a bunker hills fan and we play our state tournament bunker hills if you had if you were in the fall say middle of October, I am convinced you could talk private really night or even some public, some of the top, top public or private courses into hosting a state tournament for you, which they would never do in June. You know, that's like prime time people golfing. But in mid-October, they'd give you some days. Uh, So there's, I don't know. There's lots of pros and cons, to be honest. Whoever whoever said that question, we've been debating this since I basically started coaching. Oh, you know, twelve, thirteen years ago now, and it has went nowhere. It's went absolutely nowhere. I don't see it changing. The high school leagues pretty much dug in on it. It's going to be in the spring. I don't see
1: a, a change coming. Yeah, actually, my ED texted me and asked my thoughts on it. So that kind of got my head spinning too. I'm not sure. And they, yeah, we both bring it up. It. It's it's always brought up, but. If it does go in the fall, I could think you might lose two more coaches. You might, Jackson. Yeah, I, I want to <laughs> golf myself in August. I don't really want to coach all August. Jeez. I know. All right. Um, well, Ian asks, you might need a second to think about this one. If you could make a rule change or two to golf, what would it be? It could be more of the local rule level of question, not necessarily like USGA style, like, you know, upper level, but. As you kind of think about that, obviously the big one is the divot um, that's been talked about for years. Uh, you know, he mentioned even you know something like a footprint in a in a bunker. You know, is that something you can get free relief really from because somebody didn't take care of it before? I have a hard time on sometimes lost ball being ob, and the reason why I say that is like these big tournaments have spotters; they have people that can actually see where the ball ends up, whereas we hit it. It could be a blind shot or somewhere. It's like, hey, okay, think back to Mike, you're around at, um, uh, at Mankato. Yeah. Where you hit that shot. And, of course, we don't know the course whatsoever. And it's and it's a corner. And it's like. Oh, yeah, the dog you know, leg one. It's like. The dog so leg one.
0: You think it's perfect and you can't find it anywhere?
1: And you know, no yeah. idea what to even look, you know, because we don't have any yeah. clue. It's like, I just don't. I have a hard time. So like you're basically told because nobody's there to actually see it. It's like anybody that goes for like more aggressive shot, you know, can't identify where it went or where it went in anywhere or where is it. Um, yeah. So I have a hard time with that rule just because we don't have the people sitting out there watching the shots come out like the pros do. Right? They have all these people that see exactly. They can look at the cameras. They can do all this stuff. Whereas like the regular people, you and I, we hit a shot. I mean, there's nobody besides our own eyes. I can have any clue where this ball goes. Now, some of them, you know, way off the map, probably deserved a, to re-hit. But I don't know. Some of those things, like, you yeah. should probably just take a – maybe take a penalty and kind of drop roughly where you thought it was.
0: Yeah, I have a few. I got a few. Um The fairway one's obvious. You know, I don't understand – I really don't understand why that isn't a rule. Like, you're getting penalized for hitting it where you're supposed to hit it. I'm still – Again, it's part of the game, but um, I have a few, like, bunkers for sure. Like, two things about bunkers. One, for public golf, um, 100%. I cannot tell you how many times you'll hit it into a bunker, and it hasn't been properly raked at all. So you got, like, this crazy ball is sitting, like, with this giant ridge right behind it of sand, because it's in a footprint. Like, that's some real bullshit right there. Like, People haven't taken care of the of the golf course. That's that's a bad one. I also don't necessarily like they put in the USJ put in that rule like two years ago where you could take a two stroke penalty or whatever and take it out of the bunker. You know, you go backwards. I'm like, come on, that's part of the game, man. That's like how like the game was created, you know, in Scotland with bunkers, like. Put it if you have to get it out of the bunker somehow. You should not be able to take it out of there. I don't care if it's a fucking 10 shot penalty. If
1: just you just get it out of the, the rule, bunker, yeah, if you know the rule that you get to take it out of the bunker, you should be just hitting it out of the bunker.
0: Yeah, let's just it's hit it way. out. Of, yeah, exactly. Like just get it out of there. But, um, the other one I would 100% change this happened at Wild Marsh. You and I are going at it on this one like ground under repair. Is so subject, it's so subjective to you know how much time the you know the ground crew has to mark things. There are so many times, especially you know, a lot of public horses, where you'll be like in a spot that should be decent and it's just beat to hell, you know, and you're hitting off of the worst conditions ever. And you know, it's like you can't do anything about it because ground ground under repair is not marked, even though it should be marked clearly. Uh, you know, and that's one that bugs the hell out of me. Cause it happens a lot more than you think. Like you go to a golf course and like, you'll hit it in the fairway and you hit it on a part that's just like concrete, like all burnt out. It like hasn't grown whatever, for whatever reason. And it's not painted anywhere. You're like, what the hell? I hit this in the fairway and I'm getting penalized because now I'm hitting it off like concrete. That one, I don't know what you do about it. There's no way to, you can, you can't have a, you know, self-imposed ground under repair and I can move it. There's no way to fix that rule it just bugs the hell out of me that, that, that's so you're at, you're at the will of the grounds crew, but I guess you are for pretty much everything, green speeds and whatever. But so I don't know.
1: Yeah, that, that's a, that's a hard one. Uh, I think it just would take just one. I know that they're strapped for time. I know they have a lot going on, but just put one guy out there with some white spray. Yeah. Just And plus it'll, 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 Keep from getting worse or beat up even more. Obviously, if, something has to do with sunlight and what kind of sun it gets. And and if know. I'm
0: like the ground head, you know, super ground screw supervisor, I would tell the guys, okay, here's what you're doing. Even when you're when you're out mowing, you know, or whatever, focus on things that are like max what ten yards off the fairway. So if you hit a halfway decent shot, you know, you're not super gone and you're barely in the rough somewhere, like five yards off, whatever, three yards off, you're not getting penalized for something that's, you know, not that bad of a shot. If you blast one, you know, 40 yards right of a fairway or something into the middle of nowhere, that's one thing. But if you hit it fairly close to in play, like off the fairway, you shouldn't get just killed because of some crappy condition that wasn't marked.
1: All right, next question. Andrew asks, what are some tactics to get young kids involved in golf?
0: Well, Andrew, I don't know. I'd like to know the same thing because my daughter will not go. I, I've tried. I've brought, tried to bribe her with candy. You know, she's like, she's <laughs> my, daughter's, my daughter will be 12. And she's into like fashion or whatever. I'm like, well, you know, golfers are like the best dressed people. If you get into golf, we can get you some cool looking clothes and all that stuff. But nothing, nothing is taken. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's a hard one. You know, it's uh, – I kind of wrote an article about it, you know, one way to get kids possibly more into it. Um, but I think part of it is the speed of the game. It's hard right away. You don't get to see the great shots. I mean, it takes a little bit of time. It takes a little bit of grit, and some kids, if they don't see it right away and don't feel like it's great, they're probably going to give up on it. Um, I think you just got to find ways to get them out there, get the music flowing, um, you know, I talked about the game of 36. Wrote an article on our Substack about that. It's a way to keep score and to feel good about what you're doing, even though you, you know, you're not shooting a 36 legitimately from the from the tee boxes or anything. But you're finding a way to feel good about something. You're finding a way to make a birdie, finding a way to make a par, and then you build on that. And you you build them up, and you say you just made par, and then you move them back as they continue to do that, and maybe that sticks and maybe they're more social golfers and maybe it's not about score. You know, maybe it's about the atmosphere you create out there. Um, you know, I think most of us are thinking about getting kids involved, not necessarily because we want them to be division one. Although I think golf is might be one of the ways, the best easiest ways to get a scholarship, especially for girls. Um, yeah. Every is- Title nine, they almost all have golf now. So, if you want, yeah, that, that would be, but you know, if it's just a matter of spending time, you know, you like to be on the golf course. I want to spend more time with you. It is about making it fun. And I have 2 daughters myself. I can get them out there. I don't like to push them though. I don't like to like make them come with me. You know, it's no. like, yeah. so that's, that's a bit of a tough little line. You have to walk.
0: I think that's definitely, you can't, they have to want to come, you know, they have to, if they're ever going to get, if they, especially if you think, if you ever wanted to get good at it and you know, and really enjoy it, you can't force them. They have to want to do it. I would probably, and I, this is where I screwed up with my own child. She used to come to me once in a while, you know, and, she, you know, and she's like, we're talking like three, four years old. She'd like to go out there. She'd like to ride the golf cart. You know, if we had a cart and she would like putting, I, 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 Years ago, I won some tournament and, you know, it was merchandise. So I bought like a little girl set, you know, when she was like two years old, I bought a little mini set of clubs and she would love putting, seeing the ball go in the hole, you know, even if it's a big cup. And from that point on, I should have been like, you know, getting candy for made pot, you know, I was having a fun time and celebrating when she made a putt, and, you know, going crazy, like it was the greatest thing in the world. And just from that point, I think work your way back. Like just start with putting and chipping and do little games and, you know, Oh, if you get it in here, we'll give you a starburst or, you know, just something like that. Because not only does it make it fun, it also, if they are going to get good, it gets them good at the things that are, you know, that really matter
1: getting it in the hole. So, yeah, that's what I would do. Yeah. It kind of reminds me back to, me back to my childhood. My dad would say, we had a family membership, and he'd bring the three boys out and him. And he say that if any of you three boys make your first putt on the ninth hole, we'll stop at Dairy Queen on the way home. Yeah, for sure. So it made us want to chip it close. made us want to, you know, it's like it gave us something to look forward to. Um, You know, the problem is, again, it's like, you know, nine holes can be a lot for kids. You know, if you're going to take them out there, that's why some of these nice, fun, like three hole loops or par three courses are probably your best bet just because it holds their attentions a little bit more. Like my daughter, my youngest one will ask about hole six, like how many holes are left. You know, she's kind of run out of gas. Um, so that's part of it, too. You know, you can't kind of bring around for, for that many, for that long a time. It's got to be kind of a short little short and sweet.
0: But, yeah, bribing, nothing works like bribing. I'm telling you, even <laughs> with the, even with my varsity boys, we will be chipping. You know, let's say we're chipping and putting for an hour and a half, two hours, and they're kind of getting tired of it, whatever. If I go to my vehicle and I grab this 12-pack of Arnold Palmer's that I bought at the gro- at the grocery store on the way out there, you know? And say, okay, here we go. We're you know we're doing some sort of competition. They are ex- so excited and just locked in and ready to go. You know, just over over a ninety nine cent of cent Arizona Arnold Palmer. It is it is on. It is focused and it's competitive and it's it's unbelievable. We're twenty minutes before that. They were like it was like pulling teeth to get him to do something. After a while,
1: <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It's 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 about the kid. You got to kind of know your kid. You know, there's fun camps they could do. I know my kids have gone to this Monticello one. They do a great job of giving out tickets after you, like, make a putt. You get a ticket. You get to take these tickets and turn them in for candy or explosive golf ball or things that you can. And so they get it. They get the, you know, the kids to get them into it. They got to do things like that. They do exciting things like uh, decorate a golf ball you know competition so i have, uh, I it. do
0: think a thing like top golf would be kind of fun maybe for kids even if they're just starting you know you get it if they get it going forward it'll roll out into the thing and they can get some food I don't know uh just fun stuff did you see by the way that there's gonna be a second top golf supposedly now in Woodbury
1: saw that yeah doesn't doesn't do much for me yeah, even everything. longer drive everything so all right um Carter asks and this is where this would be kind of Tim's alley. I'm not, it's kind of sucks that he's not here, but what are some ideas for cheaper golf trips where you're not necessarily breaking the bank? It's still a golf trip, still get excited for it, but it's kind of price um, conscious. Do we have a, are they, are we talking like winter going somewhere? I'm assuming it's, you're going somewhere. Yeah.
0: Probably over the winter or the fall. Yeah, I don't know. Tim is still AWOL. So, but I could tell you right now where Tim would go. Number one is Myrtle Beach. He goes every year. Those guys, I, they go in like April or May and they stay for like five, five nights or something, six days. And they, they have like the place they stay has like two go- championship level golf courses and they get unlimited golf there and five nights stay for like, 600 bucks a guy or something you know it's incredibly cheap uh and everything around there is kind of cheap um i'm trying to think where else i think you could (laughs) this would depend on the kind of crew you you have if you are um if you went to vegas and you were willing to get outside of vegas a little bit you know, this wouldn't be super super cheap. I think you go to like Poyote and some of those places, you could probably find a few courses there. Um probably, you know, a, a sneaky one would probably be North Dakota out there with Hawk Tree and and Bully Pulpwood and Links of Ray. Those aren't those aren't terribly priced. It is getting
1: hard, huh? I'd have to be at the right uh season.
0: Season. That'd be a summer one. Yeah. Minot not country club. Yeah, it, but it's a it is getting trickier, I think, because golf since covid has gotten a lot more expensive all of these courses have jacked the prices up pretty good but i think myrtle's probably the number one um cheapest destination i think you can probably also find some stuff in mississippi and alabama still too um some of those golf trails whatever they have but yeah i don't know there's not a lot it, it i guess it all depends on your like what's your expectation of the golf course are you looking for championship level or are you looking for, you know, just somewhere to go and have a good time? I don't, you know, you could find those probably all over the Myrtle place. Myrtle
1: has that mixture, doesn't it? It's got like some good, yep. some good testy, you know, courses, but it's got the, the wide open, higher handicap yep. too. So Ab- Absolutely.
0: That's, that's gotta be, I'm almost positive. Tim would say that's number one Myrtle right. beach, probably.
1: All right. Patrick asks thoughts on this new indoor golf league that's set to happen
0: Oh, I was good. I've actually been researching this a little bit. Yeah, and I'm going to, I think go I'm going to work. I'm going to do an article on this. I think it's for the newsletter. So um speaking of, you know, for our newsletter, just check our social media once in a while, just go to there and all you have to do is put in your email address. It's free. You'll get an email once in a while. You won't get emails every day. We don't do every single day, Uh but sign up, do it. It's free. If you love golf. Um. um I think it's got some potential. What do you think?
1: I have to see with my own eyes. I have to see, is it like, a, you know, is it just this fake manufactured? I mean, I think I have to have a different mindset when I watch it. We're not watching a major. We're not watching. It's basically like watching a exhibition, like a video yes. game. You're not, you can't go into this thinking it actually matters that it's actually competitive. It's, it, it's it's not. entertainment.
0: It's entertainment.
1: Yeah. So so what? How it's going to work? And I have I don't have I don't have
0: my notes in front of me. I, was, I didn't I didn't know yet. I have a whole bunch of notes on this because I've done a little bit of research. Essentially, how it's going to work is they are going to play a golf course on a simulator. So they're going to take full swing, you know, into the simulator, and they are uh, they have a stadium like facility kind of built and. I want to say Palm Springs or somewhere. It's an indoor thing with a, with a crowd and it's got fairly high ceilings and they got like a big screen. So they're going to hit, you know, full swing shots into the simulator. It's going to show up on the big screen. But then once they get to like the shorter shots, you know, some wedges and stuff, then they're going to be hitting it. You know, it's almost like you're in a golf bubble, you know, like a, you're going to be hitting it onto a green, a, a synthetic green inside of this, you know, like stadium kind of thing. Um, and I don't know if they're going to put out from there. I don't know the specifics of it. Is, it. is it match play? I'm not sure. I don't think they've really ironed out the specifics of it, but they do have two dates already set, and they are in January, I believe, if I remember right, like the 9th and the 16th or something like that. Um, So they're coming up, and they actually have, like, 20 good players, like legit PGA Tour superstars signed up for this thing. Um the biggest question I actually have isn't even about that thing. You know, like the TGL it's tiger and Rory's company. That's running this thing. Um, I'm sure. Yeah. You you hit, you hit the nail on the head. It's it's just pure entertainment. I'm guessing they'll trash talk, you know, whatever, you know, it'll be probably fun to watch for a while. I don't understand. Um, Like they have this thing scheduled. Let me look at the calendar here. It is the week of, Let's see. Let's say it's January 9th. It's a Tuesday. Tuesday the 9th and Tuesday the 16th. That is the week of... Let me look this up quick. So the 2024 PGA Tour schedule is the first week is the week of the Sony Open in Hawaii. So I'm guessing nobody is... Oh, this guy's not going to play the Sony then? The next week the next week the next week is the American Express. So that some of those guys sometimes they play that. So I don't and they th- this league is gonna have it's gonna have like four anchor teams based on some cities, I think. So I'm guessing they'll maybe Finagle who plays these first two if they're not gonna be in one of those events because if they're gonna play in the Sony. Or the american express they're not going to be at this thing on a tuesday night like they're going to be getting ready for this tour event so i think that's going to be the interesting thing is how are they how they work the schedule um because it's going to be happening during the pga tour season um so i don't know how they're going to do that or how they're going to work around all that but they're going to
1: apparently did you see did you find is who's televising this yes ESPN? ESPN. yes okay ESPN is televising. Okay. Yep. Then his second part. This is Patrick again. He wants to think. He he's asking about Ryder Cup captains and do they deserve these, you know, four year stints or retreads? Um, do you think they actually have needed? Do you think captain has to actually have played in a Ryder Cup to be able to captain it?
0: No, I mean not necessarily. I I don't know. I it's hard. I, I would have a hard time with a guy who hasn't played in the Ryder cup, just understanding maybe the pressure and all of that. I I'm all for keeping a captain. Like if you would have told me that we're keeping Steve Stricker this year after they won in whistling Straits, I'd be all for it. Why not? Like if you're the Europeans, don't you just look, say, Hey, maybe we just keep Luke Donald to go over to Beth page. Like he did a pretty good job. It seemed like, you know, pretty masterful, actually, pairing-wise and everything. And the players loved him. Um, Like, to me, looking at the American pool of captains, it's Tiger. And basically, some of those guys, like Dave, some of the Davis Love and some of those guys have basically already came out and said, it's Tiger's captaincy, if he wants it, from what it sounds like. Like, does it does Stuart Sink excite you as a captain? Or, I mean... You know, it's like we keep going back to the well with these same assistant captains like Davis Love and like just I think I would actually not to ramble on forever, I would almost prefer, especially if they win, to keep the same captain for a four year stint. Especially if they win, because they've shown they know what they're doing. They won, give them a shot at you know, let's let's say Tiger at Beth Page is the captain, hopefully he is, they win. Why not give them a shot at going over to Europe and seeing if they can win? You know, why not? Like, what what's it going to hurt at this point? We've lost for fucking ever over there.
1: Yeah, I am kind of with you. I i I don't know. Like, do if if it, if a captain wins, you know, because it consumes so much of their life. I like the idea of the captain just keeps going until they lose, kind of a thing. But yeah, do they like and enjoy how much of it? it consumes them like do they love sitting and thinking about this for two straight years you know or that for two straight years all the time does it get kind of point where it's oh i did it i'm excited about my time but i'm ready to to not be the captain maybe a vice i think the, i think these guys love vice captain because there's yeah responsibilities but there's the the faces is, as is the is the captain that's it so he gets shit on if things don't go well he gets praised if it goes great so i i don't know i think um I think in my opinion, I think they would have to have played in it. I think they just want to know like how does the, the week look? How does it how does it work? How does uh what do I need to know? I mean, if, if you don't play in something like that, then you better be at least a vice captain first. Yeah, I mean the only thing I can think well, can of would be
0: no. it's golf is so unique where Um, you know, it's not like they're going to go to the college ranks and and get a great college coach to come and, you know, be the captain of the Ryder Cup team because there's no coaches in professional golf. But doesn't it seem like what you just said about how it consumes you? Doesn't that seem like that's Tiger's MO perfectly? Like as a player, you know, he was just all in, you know, major season, just practicing his ass off. Like it just seems like his mentality and mindset seems like it's perfect for that like i'm going to fully commit to every waking second i have being you know like doesn't that seem like that's that's something that would motivate tiger like holy shit yeah i'm the greatest player ever no one no one has won in europe forever i'm going to be the guy that goes over there and figures out how to win this damn thing and cement my legacy even more like it just seems like it would it would just drive him and he's the perfect fit for it
1: yeah and 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 you know brought up phil i mean if he can get in his good graces you know yeah he's very I, much driven like that too it's so will be interesting
0: he's burned so many bridges i'd be
1: yeah
0: it might be a while before if phil could <laughs> ever get out there i don't i mean very he very would fair. have been i mean it's actually quite sad because the whole phil saga is really sad because he would have been a good captain for beth page because the new yorkers love him you know they loved him at wing foot even though he screwed up you know they love him there and he's he's just Burn so many bridges that I don't see it happening.
1: Yeah. How about this? One more thing. Uh, this is not anything to do with with uh, Patrick's question, but what are your thoughts on whoever wins the Ryder Cup plays in the Presidents Cup? Like for so the right, U.S. You the players, in, so they're playing Presidents Cup instead of us. Oh,
0: against the against. Yeah, that'd be kind of yeah. cool. When Why not? Be, so, I don't. So,
1: like, because then you don't get the oh, Mer- we're just in this every year. We're doing this thing where it's like, all right, now you win, and the Presidents Cup is paid. So yeah, you- the
0: Presidents Cup is paid, so you know, Cantlay would really put on a performance, probably
1: in <laughs> that one. But no, I, I don't, think I don't yeah. know. if You have the same team, or how that would work? You probably it's probably not going to be. But I'm just saying, like, it would be nice to have us. I don't know. It just seems like we're kind of get diluted a little bit because we have to play in these things every year. It would Be nice to yeah. have the team that gets kind of rewarded to play if it's if it's something that they want to do. I'm assuming they like it. I don't know what the President's Cup vibe is for all these guys. But I think it adds a new theory. It's kind of like the – it was kind of like, in my opinion, similar to like Major League Baseball. They went with like who won the All-Star game. Something else mattered after that. You know, it's kind of – so I don't know. I mean –
0: both of those events, obviously, the Ryder Cup still has plenty of drama. Look at this year when Rory was Pissy and Shane Lowry's running around. I mean, there's drama on the Ryder Cup, But both of these events were formed back when the players didn't intermingle as much, you know, in their normal season. Like there was like true European tour players that hardly ever came to the United States and played. And there were true you know, world players that, you know, most of the world guys, if they didn't play on the Asian tour, they would play the European tour, you know, or, or they'd come, you know, Ernie Allen, there's a a few of the really good players would come to the PGA tour, but for years it was more like the USA, you know, the PGA tour players versus these other tours. Well, now it's all, everybody's on the PGA tour basically, except for some live guys and they're all like buddy, buddy. And they, you know, it's, 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 so it's kind of lost, you know, the Ryder Cup still keeps it, but I think the President's Cup's really lost. You know, it gets lost in the fold. So that's a good idea. I kind of I like that, actually. I'd be on board with
1: that. Um, and Eric, we're going to get back to your question when Tim's back on the pod. He, he's just ranking some of these Minneapolis courses. He wants us to rank those, and we'll just I wait can, for him. I know he plays a lot of them. and I could give you a quick ranking of what I think. All right, real quick. Yeah. Um, Minneapolis City courses one through five or one through Hiawatha's five. Hiawatha's on the bottom
0: for sure. That's the one I haven't played, but I've heard from some people. Um, so then the others. Let's see, Minneapolis. We got Gross. We've got Theodore Worth. We got Columbia, and I believe Meadowbrook is on there, even though it's technically St. Louis Park. Um hmm. Theodore Worth, Gross, and Columbia have a lot of similarities. I would rank. I would go. Hmm. Let's say Gross, maybe up there. I'd go maybe Gross first. Gross or Theodore Worth? One of the two. Um, Theodore Worth gives you the city views. You know, it just gets... They all get so beat up. Columbia uh, just renovated some stuff. They're going through it. I'd probably put that maybe below the other two. Just because the 1-9 is very flat, very boring. And Meadowbrook is interesting because Meadowbrook... Um, a lot of people hate it. It's got some goofy holes, but I will say this. I have played all these courses a decent amount. I've only played Meadowbrook twice. If they really got interested in putting money into Meadowbrook and fixing like fairways and everything, it's kind of boggy. Uh, the green complexes at Meadowbrook are the best of all of them. Like they're elevated. They could put a bunch of old bunkering that you could see was there. The green complexes have that super classic architecture, they could be really fun and awesome. because um, the actual the guy that designed Meadowbrook was the one, the won the second US Open in, you know, history. It was like in 1890s. Really? Yeah. So um I I actually love the greens at Meadowbrook the best of all of them. I would say I don't know. I would have I would have Gross and Theodore Worth kind of the same, yeah. and then maybe one, yeah, then Columbia right below those, probably. Okay.
1: Yeah. All right, well, Michael asks, and, and I guess this is this could get into to more, but we'll probably try to keep this one short, but takeaways or surprises from the golf season this year, professional golf season? Things that surprised you, things that take away. Maybe you saw something from a certain guy that, hey, this guy's going to be something to watch. Maybe things that popped up that you know surprised you. I guess I'll start. I just thought Wyndham Clark surprised me. Yeah, big time. So, you, you know, knowing John, it wasn't that – you know, we didn't really expect that to go that direction. I mean, Wyndham Clark went from 70th in the world to playing, making points in the Ryder cup, winning a major, winning an elevated event like that. That was a surprise that I did not see coming when we talked to him in February.
0: Yeah. He'd always been kind of a middling, you know, mid-level kind of guy talented, but I think whatever he's doing with his mental coach or something must've really worked out. Um, I'll give you one right here. This is this to me, especially after this week in Jeddah. Siwon Kim making the cut at the PGA Championship <laughs> is the most damn bizarre thing I've ever seen, maybe. He, he got relegated on live this week. You know, he's off to the live. They relegated four guys. He was the worst player by far. And somehow at a really tough Oak Hill PGA Championship, he made the cut. It doesn't make sense. It makes absolutely zero sense. That was the most shocking thing
1: all year. Um, he was definitely Relive event, was he not? By almost,
0: yeah. Almost, yeah. He was like the worst player in the live. Um, him and Chase Kepka got booted off. Jed Morgan and, and Piot, I think. But that whole thing was bullshit because uh, Westwood and Keimer were uh, kind of yeah. on the brink of elimination too. But they're captains, so they're exempt. They can't get eliminated because they're captains. <laughs> So, so they can play as bad. Last one was terrible and he's a captain so they cannot boot him. He cannot get relegated no matter how bad he played. Um uh, but yeah, Siwon Kim making the freaking cut at the PGA Championship makes no sense. Makes less sense than Jack Johnson's Ryder Cup pairings.
1: Um I got a takeaway. Um Brooks Keppa season us like is he he's back. I mean, he's he yep. I think he can definitely win Couple more majors. I mean, as long as he stays mentally strong, he 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 from when we last saw him at Netflix coming into the year, you never would have thought that guy was gonna win a major, right? How mentally beat up he was, how he didn't like his game, he was trying to keep up with the Joneses, talking about how good Scotty Scheffler was. I did not see a major out of him this year. I think he'll be one to be talked about going into next season's majors. Um and going forward. So uh, that, that that was one of my surprise or takeaways.
0: I'm going to get, here's another one for you. I know he's my guy. I've talked about Ludwig a lot, but just how well uh, Ludwig Aberg played coming right out of college. Like he has shot up in the world rankings. I don't even know what he's up to now, but he got top 10 again this week at, uh, in Vegas. Like, I, I think he's a good example. I mean, he was on the Ryder cup team without playing in a major. Like he's been pro for, th- he has been, pro- and he was, he was two and two. He's been pro for three months. Um, I think it just goes to show you how good these college kids are and how well prepared they are um, to play. But he, that's, that's shocking to me how he has not, he's three months out of college. His worst finish in like the last six weeks is like 12th place. He's won once. It's unbelievable uh, how good he's been.
1: Yeah, and and is is it surprising that his mom actually talked to you? Is that also? Surprising? Yeah, I know, I know. We got everybody but Ludwig. Basically,
0: <laughs> we, the circle, we, we, the we've been South circling Park the wagons.
1: A par podcast, I saw. Yeah, I saw that. Um, yeah, I mean, there's more that we could go into to detail, but uh, well, we can kind of save some of that. We'll probably talk about our predictions of majors and sometime this winter and going into next season and what we yep. kind of see coming. But um, last one before we get to maybe a couple other things to end here Joe asks what do we think of Lexi's performance this week was it overblown or should it be getting the attention that it is it is in no way overblown like
0: I am uh I've been doing some research I'm kind of working on on an article just to kind of like um you got you got all these guys, you got you have a bunch of guys who are like free handicaps out there. They're like, ah, I could beat these LPGA women or whatever. The hell you could! Like Lexi Thompson went out there and damn near made the cut at a PGA tour event. There's no way some random guy, you know, some beer league Monday night leaguer that shoots 78 all the time could beat these LPGA women. Zero percent chance. I know Lexi hits it farther than the rest of them, but still, uh, super impressed. 7369. Um, should I go through the list of people she tied and or beat?
1: Is there if there's some if there's substantial names that you think are pointing out.
0: She tied Vincent Norman, who's been hot. He's won. She tied Tom Hoagie. She tied Emiliano Grillo. She beat Dylan Fratelli, Jimmy Walker, a major winner, Dylan Wu, Russell Knox. She beat Siwoo Kim, who has been a highly ranked player. She beat Kevin Strelman, Peter Quest, Ches Reavy, Andrew Putnam, Harry Higgs. And my favorite, who called her a gimmick at the beginning of the week, he did recant that, she beat Peter Milnati by six shots. So, (laughs) like, legit beat a bunch of good players.
1: Like, no doubt about it. Yeah, the one thing Lexi has going for to be able to do this is she has the length, right? So She does. You know, that she kind of fits doing this maybe than some of these other girls that are just super accurate, great putters, great short game, consistent because she has the length. Like she, you know, drove a par four this week. She is able to possibly get there in two on par fives, depending yeah, on.
0: She did. So on so those are just one. things
1: that she's able to do that some of these other women may not be able to. It doesn't mean that they can't compete like her, but she just gives herself a better chance. To do Correct. Okay. But in classic uh, Lexi form,
0: oh yeah, she Lexied the shit out of the ending of that thing. It was just pure Lexi at the end.
1: I, I think she knew exactly where she fell. I think she knew what she had to do and just could not uh, get it done. I think I was everybody was pulling for at least I was. It'd been an awesome story, great story either, regardless because she did really compete and beat a lot of good players. Yeah, just to a, that, how she did is unfortunate.
0: I have a tough time, you know. I can't. I, Listen, people. If you've watched our social media, I can't shit on anybody's putting ability. Like, there's no <laughs> doubt about it. But like,
1: you're blowing putts like you can't. Her lose.
0: under her under pressure is so hard to watch. Like, putting like I can't. How How has she not went and like worked with some like what? What is she doing? Go work with a psychologist or a putting something. Do something. Like it was really bad again. But you're right. There's not. I don't think the P the LPGA tour and the PGA tour should do this regularly. You have to have a certain type of player on a certain type of golf course. She's the seventh woman to ever try. Um, you know, the Vegas over under was 77.5. The first round shot 73, 73, 69. She does hit plenty far. So on the LPGA season, she was averaging 270.7. Um, now they're playing in dry conditions. She averaged 301 yards off the tee. And Vegas, that was her average for the week this week at at the Shriners, 300 yards, even in the dry, you know, elevation. That's pretty good. Uh, she hit a three iron over the green on the 243 yard par three, you know, so she can move it. She's she has that gear that most of the LPGA players, like you said, don't have, you know, so that's what sets her apart where she can play out there. Um, the wild thing to me is like, I don't. I think part of this, too, is I think she's comfortable. You know, her two brothers are professional golfers. Like I think she's grown up, you know, playing. You know, well, she's been in, like a U.S. Open. When she's eleven. You know, she's grown up playing in the limelight. She's somewhat comfortable. Um, that's kind of the most bizarre part. She had a terrible LPGA year. She almost lost her tour card. Like she was that bad. Um, but here she's <laughs> she's almost making the cut, and that's too bad. She did. You know, it was it was like the it was great. It was great. Uh, you know, it was like the number one story. She was right there. Uh, but yeah, no, I don't think it's a fluke at all. She played really well. Hats off to her. Awesome stuff.
1: And like you said, she, she grew up playing with her brothers. I mean, she's playing, I'm guessing this, you know, trying to keep up with them. So she's trying to play from their tee boxes, trying to, you know, be like them. Right. So like comfortability of just playing with the boys is probably something that she's used to doing and was no big thing. And I think some of the golf courses that she plays on the LPGA tour probably try to, you know, Sometimes she loses her ability to do some of the shots that she was able to hit this week, right? Little yeah, tight can't quite let a, her.
0: She actually commented on that. She was, you know, during a press conference, she said, you know, this kind of this sets up better for her, you know, because the LPJ ones that are a little shorter takes driver out of her hand, you know, and she's has to lay back, you know, which it, it mitigates her advantage um on the lpga tour once in a while because she can't just let it rip you know where other gals might hit drivers she's you know laying back so she's hitting to the same spot even though she hits it much farther you know on a more open golf course
1: so well that was our that was we, we think our, our listeners were sending things in that was fun for us to talk about hopefully you got a chance to get answered what you were hoping for there i don't know you know we can we can do this more often um you know, before we wrap things up, there's some more we can review of just some things that happened this week from Tom Kim to Zozo, Live Taylor Gooch. So, we'll kind of get, let uh, let maybe Mike kind of talk through some of these things of of what happened this last week. I kind of I've been taking a little bit of a hiatus from from watching golf just because it's basketball season, baby.
0: Yeah, I know that's coming too. Let's let's well, let's talk uh, Shriners here. So Tom Kim wins 20 under. Hadwin 19. Eric Cole was leading with a few whole you know until Kim passed him. Um Alex Norton it was actually a decent leaderboard for you know a somewhat limited field of players. Alex Norton, JT Poston, he's had a good year. Um okay. Taylor Pendrith, Bo Hostler, Cam Davis. Uh Joel Damon played well, T7. You know the story that was cool was uh, Isaiah Salinda. Do you remember that name? He was a stud at San at Stanford. He was like the number one amateur for a while and he's kicked around. He's still really young, but he hasn't had any status. Like, you know, his, he's made like 80 grand or something. You know, he hasn't made much money. He Monday qualified in and shot 1700 and T seven. So that's good for him. Good player. Really talented. Um, Ludwig shot nine under the last round to T3. Uh, he does not He does it once a tournament. Like, is there anybody right now on tour that goes low at least once every tournament more than Ludwig? It's like every single time he has one round that's just crazy low. Uh yeah, so um that's that, you know, I don't know. The problem that the problem the tour runs into now is like I didn't while well, I was golfing, but nobody's gonna watch this on a Sunday. That everybody's watching football. Like, why not like why not adjust the schedule? Like play it. Friday to Monday, or shit. Play it. Have the actual event Tuesday to to Friday. Just do it during the week. Like I don't understand why you would want to go up against NFL. It's like Live. Let's go to Live. Who the, whoever is running the fucking marketing department at Live should be fired. Like Live was in Jeddah. It was it was the Live Championship. It was their big event. In Jeddah, and economic city or whatever it's called nobody's what you know nobody's there it's just an empty golf course and it was on the app at like 7 a.m and there they have their deal with the cw you know um but the cw i don't know if the cw did this or live did this or whatever tape delayed it to start at one Eastern time on Sunday for the championship, the exact same time that every single, you know, person, you know, every sports lover is turning the NFL on. No one's like, what are you doing? What if it's tape delayed, fucking do it in the evening. So you're only going up against one game. Like what the hell are they doing? Who is running this operation? It's the most ridiculous for the amount of money they have. It is the dumbest damn thing I've ever seen in my life. Like just have it on at 7 a.m. I would what love that?
1: 7 a.m. to noon. would be perfect. Five minutes
0: five our window. Like
1: you go, you, you're going to like, and I
0: get it. It's a, it's a worldwide thing, you know, but if you are going to have it on the CW an American TV right. channel, and you're trying to get an American audience, why would you go up against the the Goliath? That is the NFL. It makes zero sense. But uh, the Gooch Taylor, Taylor Gooch. Did anybody come out smelling like a rose more than Taylor Gooch in this whole oh, thing no. the last couple of years? Like, holy shit. He has made like He's got a few money now. Oh my God. He made, let's see. So, Kepka won in a playoff over Gooch. But, Go- so Kepka won $4 million. He had the new Travis Scott Nikes, which were pretty sick, by the way. But, uh, he, uh, Gooch won the season long, whatever it is, their their championship. Plus, he got T second money. So, he made like $20.5 this week. Taylor Gooch made like $35 million. Uh, this year, if you add like this year and last year on live, he's made like 60, I don't know, 60 million. He's made like the equivalent of like Phil's like entire career earnings in two years on live, which is just absolutely preposterous for Taylor Gooch um, to be doing that. But he, I'll, but I'll pose this question to you. This did live want I, I don't think live. It doesn't help them for Taylor Gooch to be the guy.
1: Does it? Well, no. I don't. Taylor Gooch did he play in a major this year?
0: No, he couldn't. They they booted him. You know, from he could have he could have played in the U.S. He Open. Could I think try it, to
1: qualify, but he didn't play. He had to try to qualify. He didn't know. So he's not a, he's not getting into these tournaments that are you know he's, he's winning live stuff which is great, but he's not no. getting recognition for these bigger events. Yeah. Um, so, I he's. Just the guy, you know, You paid.
0: You got Cam Smith coming off an open championship last year. Mm-hmm. You got Brooks Kepka, You got Dustin Johnson. You got Bryson. You paid all of those guys over $100 million just to play. Your stars of your stars of live. And the guy that blows them out of the water is Taylor Gooch. Like that has to sit. That has to sit bad with like somebody. And I get, I get it. It's fu money. Like they have so much money that, but like, if you're, if you're the guy, aren't you like, dude, uh, Cam Smith, we're paying you a lot of money. Can you win one of these damn turn Can you win a few of these tournaments and be like our lead guy here? Like, Holy shit. Maybe so like
1: a- is a music guy. He loves the background noise. He loves Maybe, the, I don't know. you know?
0: Yeah. It's I like- just like, but I, I just, I'm, it hasn't taken off. Like they, their one good event was Australia. They had a big crowd in Australia. Like why not just put more events in Australia? I don't, it's the, mo- it's a really bizarre league. I don't know what's, nobody knows what's going on. They've delayed that the PGA tour PIF thing is going to get backed up. Now they haven't, they have no idea what's going on there. It's a, it's going to be an interesting fall slash winter
1: here before the PGA tour season starts. I don't know. no idea what's going on. Um, Before we get to just quick. Zozo coming up. Did, was there something you want to talk about Tom Kim? Wasn't there like. Oh yeah. Um, and Is it's Tom Kim. Tom Kim is sneaky under the radar. Like think
0: about this. Um, Tom Kim is 21 years old. He is young. He. Um, has won three times in the PGA tour. Like nine times worldwide. Last year. He, uh, I believe he got like T 16 in his first masters T eight and his second open U S open and T second at the open championship. Like, like, you know, when you think of majors, I think people, people kind of piss on him cause he doesn't hit it that far, but he's kind of a like for your first go around, I think he might be a big game hunter kind of like he's in the mix there and he's up to 11th in the world rankings. Like I, he he's kind of underrated. Like, I don't know why he's super good. I, he was kind of, he didn't do much in the su- middle of the summer. Maybe that's why, I don't know. You know, if he, you know, blew his load kind of during this president's cup last year and people got sick of, I don't know, but like, he's super
1: good. The kid can play. Dude. And he's well, I think the best thing that he's ever done is he basically, I think he like quadruple bogeyed the first hole and won the tournament. Yeah. yeah. Sick he he's, a, he's a baller. That's sweet. Um, well, we got the Zozo coming up. Uh, six major, I, I love the Zozo. You love the Zozo. I, I don't. I don't watch <laughs> much of the Zozo, but I guess it's a decent field.
0: Yeah, the feels really good. They got Xander Morikawa, Keegan Bradley, Ricky Fowler, Sung Jay, Grio Sahith, Kiriyama. We got Erico Hogi, Hideki, uh, Bo Hostler who just played well. Sam Ryder, who's got more commercials than anybody um keith mitchell we got vincent norman we got adam scott we got a good field at the zozo in japan hell yeah why didn't we invite lexi yeah they should have got her in there we got real we got real ishikawa phenom playing in his home country hell yeah
1: Like, where's the zozo it's in japan japan
0: it's at the uh oh god i can't remember the name of some country club it's in japan yeah yeah so I don't even I have no idea like what time I haven't even looked at the the time change. I don't know. I like the I like the Zozo. Hell yeah, let's go.
1: <laughs> is it a, it's in the morning? I'm I'm guessing.
0: Probably the Zaza, the Zaza Championship.
1: Zaza, Zaza Pachulia. Yeah. Um well before we wrap up, Mike's got a Mike musings. Uh I think your topic this week is Spoos trees.
0: Yeah, I have a I had a real epiphany on Sunday playing uh at Prestwick. I don't know. I bet you, somebody might shit on me. Somebody might agree with me. Low, I'm not talking all spruce trees here. The low ones where the leaves, where the branches go right to the ground, zero business being on a golf course. None. Whoever decided this was a good idea should never be involved at in designing or supervising whatever a golf course because they're ridiculous. Like, and people are going to say well don't hit it under them but like you got a golf course like we played the other day they're not that far off the fairway you know so you hit it in there and you can't find it and then you try it, and then you see it underneath this spruce tree and you're trying to climb underneath there like it's impossible to get underneath there you can't even, even if you want to take the penalty stroke you know for an unplayable you still got to get under this damn spruce tree and if you try to hit it you never have a swing like what are we doing right now? Golf is supposed to be fun. Can we sh- can we sh- cut some damn limbs off these things up, up high? They're already hideous trees. They're terrible for the grass. They just suck. Like, I know in Minnesota, this is what we're... It's kind of the kind of trees we have. But, like, holy shit. Trim some branches, golf courses. You should not have these trees with the li- all the way to the ground. Like, oh, my God. Terrible, yeah. terrible thing.
1: A couple years ago, Monticello Country Club had a bunch um, between 11 and 12, and they... They, like you said, they shaved up underneath them and cleaned them up, and it's like you a you're gonna save time, right? Nobody's gonna be crawling yes. on the trees trying to find it. You got they a punch a shot. shot. You can hit a you shot. They have to hit a shot under a tree, so it's not like you're getting away scot free. And you know, as we know, spruce trees have. You're not really able to hit through them. Nope. Knock them down. So I mean, but at least let us find our ball. There's yeah, one in the like- Marsh on hole seventeen to The left side, gigantic, big, massive Christmas tree that just swallows golf balls, just absolutely swallows them. And you got to go in there and you got to try to find it. You're getting scraped, you're getting, yeah, that's the worst part. And and it's like you find balls when you go in there, (laughs) just
0: make it just put a bunch of red stakes on it and make it a lateral hazard. You can't even. You can't even get under there to get it anyway, half the time. It's just ridiculous. You can or see at least put it right a there.
1: Tree present underneath it just for some reason surprise <laughs> as they crawl underneath yeah, there.
0: I know, like like Bemidji does a great job, you know, up north. And I know I that's one of my kind of tracks I love, but they have a ton of spruce trees. It's like the whole golf course. But you know, most of them are trimmed way up. So you always have a punch shot, you can find it. You know, it's better for the grass around it because you can actually grow a little bit of grass. Like this was. Why, pe- why golf courses keep the spruce trees low is absolutely beyond me. I, I, I don't understand it. It's part of it is just getting it. That's the worst part. Just, I don't care about the penalty stroke. I want to just get in there without poking an eye out. It's just a disaster.
1: <laughs> uh, so, well, it was it was good to go back to the roots of the break eighty pod. Mike and Stiles breaking down. Yeah, the old days. <laughs> get Tim, break. hopefully he's <laughs> alive.
0: We have we have yet to hear from Tim tonight. Yeah, yeah.
1: So yeah, he may be dead. He's he's <laughs> COVID or whatever that means. Yeah, so, yeah I don't know. It's last we heard of him. Well, that's what we got for this week. Uh, we'll look at um, you know trying to figure out. We're going to see if we can maybe get uh, Johnny Ellis back on the pod to talk to Ryder All Cup. Right. That's going to be our kind of our goal. I think it'd be really cool to recover or well, not recover, but you know, re go over the this the, the the fun hat controversy that he was a part of and. And all the, the week that was uh, Ryder Cup. So yeah. hopefully that's coming up here soon. And other than that, um, yeah, I got nothing else, Mike? No, just, uh, you know, follow us on social
0: media and uh, newsletter. You know, we keep banging stuff out there here and there. Uh, Tim does a lot of travel stuff. I do kind of random, whatever you do, random, whatever we think of. Uh, sign up with an email. It's super simple. Just, you know, we won't annoy you too much with too many articles every day in your in your inbox. But,
1: yeah another week down all right the first and eighty is everything
0: maybe today's the day I break eighty with the ball to draw but it keeps fading no OB and no bogeys. I gotta
1: keep it on the eighty as the gold you hit it on one straight up the gut baby now I got a wedge on my short game cravings a little bit of edge on the sport makes gravy so punch out the rough and tune to break eighty.
0: Break Dating. Break daddy was amazing Break daddy This guy's pretty Break daddy